Welcome to Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where every week we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, whoa, you never watched Heat? Or how have you not seen The Ice Storm? Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Oh, burr. Oh, it's cold. Oh, the winter months, they're starting. I think this is releasing like the end of November. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, December 13th. December, December 13th. 13th. Fantastic. Thank you, Corey. I am Carson. Even better. Co-host. And I am your other co-host, Caroline Thompson. This is, this is Have You Not Seen. Um, a, a movie podcast, question mark, where we uh, <laughs> each week one of us brings one of our favorite films the other hasn't seen. We talk about it, question we watch mark? the movie. And then we talk about it some more. We're going to talk about it more. We're going to talk about this movie so much. Yeah, I believe it. Um, Caroline, let's get fucking into it. How have you not seen The Ice Storm? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Well, okay, let's let's fucking put it this way. I didn't see Brokeback until this year either. This is true. This is true, yeah. So, yeah. like, if I, if I hadn't seen Brokeback, I'm sure as fuck not going to have seen The Ice Storm. Storm yeah. Uh, that is very true. So well, that that being said, so you, that's already one thing that you know about this movie. What else do you yes. know? So it's an Ang Lee film. It's an Ang Lee picture. Yes. I assume it is about some characters who go through some stuff whilst outside. It is very cold and probably storming ice. Mm. Is is the ice storm purely a metaphor or is the ice storm like the inciting incident that leads them to their emotional uh, the uh, finding, to find, to probing their emotional states. I, I imagine it's the latter. It I is the more, ice storm is literal. more uh, both, both. I will say, I guess. Well, yes, yes. But I just mean like, like it is not a, it is not a, it is not the squid and the whale. No, no, the squid yeah. and the whale is purely metaphorical. Like this is a film which takes place during an ice storm, and yes. while it is not about people surviving an ice storm, that is yeah, sort of like. The scene. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. To, our, our good boy, friend of the pod, Toby McGuire, mm. Tugboat McGuire. Correct. Is is in this? Yes. 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 Correct. Great. Um. And my gal Sigourney. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sigourney, my oh yeah, my best girl, my best friend. Um. Soon to be playing. Um, Jake Sully and Natiri's child. Yeah, Harry, isn't that weird? James I love Cameron's it. God, it's Avatar: so cool. The Way of Water. I'm excited for Avatar 2: The Way of Water. In which, in which, 73 year old Sigourney Weaver is playing a child. I'm obsessed with it. It's gonna be so cool. Um, to to like absolutely paraphrase uh, David Sims on from the Blank Check podcast, uh, who so famously years ago. Summed up my feelings on James Cameron of I didn't think I wanted five Avatar sequels, but if James Cameron tells me I need five Avatar sequels, I need five Avatar sequels. I guess I do. I didn't know I needed to see Sigourney playing a 13 year old alien child. However, if James Cameron says that's what needs to happen, then that's what I need to see. Yeah, Um, I I, I had the I'm so sorry, I was slight sidetracked, but I was. I said something about Sigourney Weaver being in that movie a couple of weeks ago. And my roommate was like, didn't she die in the first one? I was like, yes. And I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes, she did. Uh, All right. Well, do you know anything else 
Um, I think I might just be making this up, but like Gyllenhaal is not also in this one. No, 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 no. Okay. No. Um, And Amy Adams isn't in this, is she? No, no. Okay. Then I don't, and then I don't think I know anything else. I imagine it's going to be um, beautifully sad. Oh, Oh, Caroline. Oh, Caroline. Um, I imagine there will be there will be a very fond, wise sadness to this film that is that is both um, profound and beautiful mm, while also being extremely devastating. I, I will put my cards on the table. Uh, this is my favorite Ang Lee film. Really? And, yeah. And you know how much I fuck with Brokeback. Like, yeah, this, this movie wow. kicks ass it's so good i'm Um, so excited yeah okay so are you ready for our game this week i am ready for our game we're as you mentioned there i will say this cast is super stacked so we are going to be doing recast it um i'm skipping around a little bit we're not going to do the top five billing i just picked my top five favorites um ones that i think you could work with so let's get into it uh we're going to start off right at the top of the order with kevin klein as ben hood okay hmm kevin Let's see. How old is Kevin Klein at this point? In the 90s? He's... Yeah, like like mid-50s? Mid-40s. Mid-40s? Yeah. Okay. Um, God, I don't... I don't... I have no idea. Okay, we're just going... Um, you know what? Harrison Ford. Okay. Oh, 90s know? Harrison Ford. There's some real juice. The Fugitive, What Lies Beneath. It's, it's, There's it's interesting. There's some good Harrison Ford juice. Once you, oh, that's going to be such an interesting one to talk about once you realize like what Kevin Klein's doing in this movie. Yeah, I have no idea what the character is. I just like know that he and Kevin Klein are about the same age. Yeah. Um, All right. Moving down. Christina Ricci as Wendy Hood. Oh, gosh. Christina Ricci. Oh, yeah. Um, I think there might be a bit of an age differential, but I think this is still a halfway decent pick. Hmm. Uh, Christina Ricci, um, I am recasting as... Winona Ryder. Yeah, she'd be too old in the 90s. Yeah, she is. She is. Winona Ryder, I just looked it up, is nine years older than Christina Ricci. So at this point is, wow, that's so crazy. I guess just because they both, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Winona and the Burton, Mm -hmm. goth Winona and the Burton movies and goth uh, Christina Ricci and like Catherine and Adams family. Yeah. They occupy such a same space in my brain. That late 80s thing. Late 80s goth stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Sure. I will keep... Uh, shit. Well, what year is this film? 97? Yeah, 97. 97. Okay, so Christina Ricci is... Christina Ricci is 17 when this movie comes out. And Winona Ryder, that makes her 26. So we can do the MTV thing where she's... She's 26 and she's playing a 18 year old. Interesting. Interesting. I'll give it that. But Christina Ricci's okay. probably 17, probably playing 12. All now right. that I think about it. But interesting. We're gonna bend I, that um, a little bit. Caroline, I'm really proud of you. Uh normally when we play this game, you short circuit for uh minutes on end. And I've never I don't As know if I've ever heard you cast someone uh like 90s yeah. with a 90s. Well, yeah, because he I mean he says Christina Ricci, and I just think, okay, what does she look like now in the Matrix? What does she look like? Yeah, uh, yeah. What does she look yeah. like in 1991 is Wednesday Adams? Like, boom. Like we're just pulling, we're just gonna pull a just gonna pull Winona straight out of Beetlejuice. All right. There we go. Okay. Uh moving on down. Here he is. Uh Bonk, bonk. The tugboat's pulling in the bay. <laughs> I mean, hey, the rumors are Toby true. Toby McGuire as Paul Hood. The rumors oh. are true. Toby has been replaced by Jake Gyllenhaal. Ooh. 
Ooh. He works well with Ang Lee. Got he those, does. got those steely blues. They, they're really gonna pop in an ice storm. And, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, you know this, Carson. That I'm... was the big rumor between Spider-Man one and yeah, two. That they yeah, yeah. With Jake Gyllenhaal. With Gyllenhaal, I do know this. So, okay. tugboat, you're out of here. That's a that's a fair point. That's a fair point. All right, Jake, Jakey boy, Donnie Darko himself. I was gonna mention Donnie Darko. It's very once you watch this movie, you'll get it. Um, okay, here she is, Sigourney Weaver as Janie Carver. Untouchable. You I know, right? Sigourney Weaver with Sigourney Weaver. Um, no. <laughs> Let me think. Okay, Sigourney Weaver. See there, Sigourney really is just in a league of her own, especially with like within her like age. Mm. Um, this one's gonna make me short circuit a little bit. Just trying to think. I've gotten very good at editing uh, recast, so take as much time. As no, 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 no. So let's see. So Scorny Weaver. Y'all ever see Finding As Dory. we just mentioned, is 73. Um, God, I, I just, I just, I love her so much. Because, um, like, part of me is just, like, the obvious answer, which is probably really bad, but, like, the only thing that I think of, which I'm not doing, is my brain just goes to, like, well, you just take Linda Hamilton. You take the other... Uh, you take the other Jim Cameron badass mom. Yeah. And, but but I don't think this isn't a Linda Hamilton thing. I, I think it's a bummer that Linda Hamilton didn't really go on to do. That is very more. true. However, that's not really what this game is about. Um, it's just like, okay, because Sigourney, like, I mean, like action, action star. Um, oh, <laughs> shit. Corey right. just, Corey just <laughs> shared a screen. <laughs> And the leading ladies of the 1980s, uh, the two people they pick for the for the IMDb thing is Sigourney Weaver and Cher. I don't love Cher in <laughs> I mean, this role, knowing absolutely great, yeah. nothing about it. But I do love the idea of it being Cher. Um, I'm just thinking Sigourney, like, cut her teeth with, like, this fucking action. Oh, 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 oh. 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 I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. The answer is so clear. It's right in front of me. Our girl. Other friend of the pod. Oh, no. Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, that is so interesting. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. Oh, that's my two so moms. weird. Those are my two moms. Um, okay. All right. Okay. Um, all my right. My two moms are Sigourney Weaver and Jamie Lee Curtis. Last but not least. Last but certainly not least, Elijah Wood <gasps> as Mikey Carver. My boy. I know you'd be so My excited, boy. Caroline. I knew it. My boy. I know. Okay. Oh, fuck. Yo, I love this cast. Yeah, it, it's there's like three other names in this fucking cast. It's so good. I fucking love this cast. Um, shit. Should have saved Gyllenhaal. Uh, <laughs> Elijah Wood. Oh, no one is as precious as Elijah Wood. How old is Elijah at this point? Like 17? He's 40. Uh, he's 41 right now. Okay. Pretty young. God. Uh, let's see. So in what? So that he was born in 81. So this is 96. So he's 15. Oh, just, um, God, it's so crazy. He was so young when he made that first Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah. Like that is a film I saw in the theaters as a child. So in my brain, Elijah Wood has to be like 60, but it's only 41. That's great. It's good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Young guy. Um, I can't just pick another Hobbit. That's too easy. Don't limit yourself to Hobbits, Caroline. <laughs> They're so cute. They're they little... are. <laughs> yeah, hairy feet daniel radcliffe he breakfast so many times oh my god daniel radcliffe is a seven-year-old um you know who i'm you know who i'm going to replace him with what's that and Who's that i should say and this is not what this man is doing now i think i think i think at this point um they're very they're very 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 different but in terms of cute young men 
who are on TV in the 90s, I'm going to go with child star not not modern day you should call yourself mm. by your real name robin mm. but child star joseph gordon levitt all right okay yeah. yeah okay all right i see that i think i think joseph gordon levitt's vibe jogo yeah in the 90s was very different than what uh elijah wood is probably doing in this film but knowing how sad and disaffected and Joseph Gordon-Levitt could become, but yeah. also how much of like a live wire performer he was when he was a kid. I think with Ang Lee, he could probably do something pretty good. I Before we watch the movie, I do just want to say to the point of how fucking stacked this cast is, other notable names, fucking uh, Joan Allen, fucking uh, Katie Holmes, fucking Allison Janney. Shit. David Crumholtz. This fucking Oh my god, they've got Crumholtz. This thing fucking slaps. Yeah, I'm so excited. All right, um, you ready okay, to go? Crumholtz, yes. Crumholtz is Johnny Galecki. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Allison Janney is Michael Jordan and Katie Holmes is Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Bugs Bunny. Okay, classic, fair. <laughs> I'm in love with Bugs Bunny. Oh. Love with Bugs Bunny. Okay, all right, let's go watch Ice Storm. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Let's that was a real A to C joke for you there, Caroline. <laughs> no, I love it. It took me Good. a second, but I got it. Because you said it, and then in my brain, I was like, I don't fucking get it. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, and then I said in my head, I'm in love with Katie Holmes, and then it's just like, I'm boom. in love with Katie Holmes. Yeah. Oh, incredible. All right, let's go watch the ice storm. waterfall through that entire countdown and i am very impressed it's how i wasn't not, gonna bring it up it's how <laughs> have you not seen after dark uh we're all sipping on sipping on booze in this one which i think is very appropriate for the film we're talking about all i would like to say is that your family is the void you emerge from and the place you return to from when you die and that's the paradox the closer you're drawn back in the deeper into the void you go <laughs> and i would just like to say um fucking fucking that's <laughs> it's crazy it happens it's weird <laughs> There is no movie in the universe that makes me look at human sexuality and just go, ah, more than ice storm. Yeah. Um, yeah. From no matter if you've no matter if you've never learned anything about it and are just starting to explore it um, or you literally have multiple children and have been married for years and are still trying to explore it. Yeah. Um, fucking's weird, you guys. It's so weird. Okay, so this movie makes sex feel like an apocalyptic event in a way it that I does. am gonna be thinking about for <laughs> weeks. Okay, that's in, that's so that's interesting. Really good putting it, Corey. That's so interesting. Okay, we gotta get back. Because I the don't game. think it feels apocalyptic. I think it makes it feel so small. No, it's both things. That's the thing. It's That's like, the negative it's, zone. It's, it's it's the negative zone. Yeah, no, it's it's the most yeah. massive, devastating thing that you can possibly do. It is the most important thing, and it's also nothing. It's it's also yeah. a handshake. Like, um, I'll just say, and I already texted this to you know, this is for the audience. I texted this to you too. Um, having now rewatched this movie, like, it's my my full like. I I watched it, and then I watched like I think I basically watched all of it, but I watched it like in bits one time and then I so I think this is like about my third full time watching it on this rewatch I was like fuck Ice Storm in my top 25 in letterbox this movie goes so fucking hard um oh I forgot you said that I'm very yeah angry. yeah yeah I love it so much I, I think that this is a film that like if you want to kind of understand my personality on a deep level it's the 
I'd be like, watch Ice Storm. You're going to get the kind of shit I vibe with. No, um, yes. Um, yeah. Ice Storm and Licorice Pizza. As somebody who really, really, really loved this movie and as somebody who really, really, really loves you, yeah. I, uh, yeah. 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 This is yeah, a phenomenal a fucking movie. It's so yeah. good. Um, We have, where is the freaking game? We got to get a game. I have it pulled up and I am okay. at it. And I have not stopped right. thinking about it since I pulled okay, it. Okay. Thank God. We got to get back to the game. Um, Caroline, before we do, any, any other general thoughts other than phenomenal fucking movie, which I, I agree with? It's so good. I am so, I just can't stop thinking about spoiler alert for the whole end of the ice storm. Watch the ice storm before you listen to this episode. I mean, come yeah. on. I'm so fascinated to talk about what Elijah Wood's death means in all of this. Yeah. Because like, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But yes, I fucking love this movie. And I don't know if I would love it more or less if you took that bit out. But certainly I was loving the fuck out of this movie. And then we got there and it changed my entire everything about the film. And I'm like, I don't know if I like this movie more or less. Out of this ho- it's this happens, it's but. fascinating. That's the other thing about this movie I'll say is that like, it's one of those where I'm like, I don't even fall. Like, I feel like I could both write it like a 20 page paper on the ice storm pretty easily. And also like, I don't understand all of it. I'm not all the way there. I'm not like a hundred percent of my opinion on Elijah Wood's death. Like I'm going to rewatch this movie once a year for the rest of my life. And I'm going to get something different out of it every single time, you know? Um, all right, game, Corey. Game. All right, so I want to preface this with normally when I score recast it, I just mm-hmm. decide yay or nay. And okay. Carson, I need your help. I truly, I okay. don't. Okay, all right, okay. I don't know, so I want your help on this one. Um, all right, so in the, Ke- in the Kevin Klein role, Caroline recast Harrison Ford. Maybe it's too sexy. He's too sexy. He's too sexy. <laughs> He's so hot. He's too hot. I'm going to take Harrison the L on that Ford one. Harrison Ford now, maybe. There is, if I imagine Harrison Ford, like bringing himself down to this level, like Harrison Ford too drunk in a bathroom at a friend's house, there is something really compelling about that image. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's like almost playing with just like yes. that you never thought you'd see Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford like yeah. this. Yeah. But no, Kevin. Cl- yeah, no, I I don't think so. Okay, I get the. I'll give my. Thing. I'll take an L on that one. I'll take an yeah, L. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Christina Ricci. Say so. Yeah, Ricci. yeah, Ricci. Um, Ricci. Recast as Winona Ryder. Oh, too old. See, too that's old. the shit. This is also my take on this movie, and we'll we'll get into it. But I do think Christina Ricci is the is the goat of this movie. I do think she's. Her performance is so singular in a way that I still don't really fully understand, but I agree with. I I don't understand. I don't think there's another actor like a young. We'll get into this later. We got to we got to loop back around to this, but keep going. Keep going. Uh, Tugboat McGuire. Yes. Recast as Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm taking the W. I'm taking the W. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm taking the W. Yeah. All right. Donnie. No, I agree with that. Donnie Darko Gyllenhaal could fit quite well into that role. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess I was thinking about ambulance Gyllenhaal. <laughs> no. That's well, crazy. with all the muscles and the beard and the sexy, yeah. No, no. Correct. Uh, I was thinking. Super- I was thinking of all too well Gyllenhaal. So, fair enough. Hmm. He's canceled. Um, mommy Sigourney Weaver recast. As, the name of her character in this film is just. It's just mommy. Mommy. Um, recast as Jamie Lee Curtis. No. I don't, I don't think, think so. so either. I don't Caroline think so. looks like she wants to present an argument that I would listen to. See, I heard, I hear that having now watched the film. 
in I five years from this, five years after this movie's made, Jamie Lee Curtis is making Activia. Or what is it? Activia? No, that's the pyramid scheme. What's the re- yeah, Activia? No, it's Activia. Yogurt, yogurt commercials. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's making yogurt commercials. Five years from this movie, I don't see Sigourney Weaver's character making uh, yogurt commercials. I think Jamie Lee could kick the shit out of the Joan Allen role. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll take, think, the, I'll I'll take the L. I'll take the L. For that reason, I'll take the L. I'll take the L on the whole thing. But you got to give me my last, my last cast. Elijah Wood uh-huh. uh, re- recast as Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, I just don't no. really. Yeah, I don't really. That's the earliest thing I've seen him in is Five Hundred Days of Summer, so I don't really. No, because that's the thing is like he was never. Because that's the thing is like he was doing Thirty Rock in the nineties. He was the perfect oh. age, but he was. Yeah, I don't think that could could ever play innocent. Like even even as a kid when he's playing the like, God, gee, is like I'm I'm looking. He was a fucking little trickster, innocent but spacey. Like that's the thing about Elijah Wood in this movie is that like he's so. I, I do. It's a very obvious comparison, but I do think you watch this movie and you see. Elijah Wood in and, and and immediately to my mind it's like oh yeah this is the guy you want to play a Hobbit like this guy is not a person he's not yeah, a human no. like JGL's thing even in Thirty Rock creature. is yeah JGL's thing has always been like haha you see my disregarding boyish charm like mm-hmm. I'm using that to my advantage yes like yes. like I couldn't possibly be the horrible person you think I am like look how he's... cute and clever I am where Elijah Wood in this is like I'm gonna go put on my coat and jump on a diving board in the storm because like why not. Because like, molecules. what if I can keep my balance? I bet I can do it if I really try hard in molecules. molecules. Uh, <laughs> he's so weird. I the entire time watching this movie, I'm watching. I watched this whole movie with my roommate, and multiple times throughout it, like either um, Elijah, what is the name of the other brother? Adam Hanbird. Sandy. Um, one of them would say something, and she'd be like, "That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I don't like that character." And I'm like, "Is it worse than the other brother? Is the it, are you, which which brother are you saying is the most disconcerting? Because uh, they're both weird in their own unique individual ways." Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, I, I like will say, everyone in this film. Everyone in this film was a fucking weirdo. Is an absolute goddamn insano person. I mean, like <laughs> that's the thing. Is like Kevin Klein is. Well, I guess James Sheridan is the most normal just because he has the least amount of screen time. Like he's not. Yes. Well, okay, that's fair. But even so, he does, I think, to think he like comes on Joan Allen's belly. Yeah. And that's. I don't even think it's on her belly. I think it's still it's in like, his pants. Is it? I mean, it's very hard to I, see. That's it's a, a whole bit thing. of a question. Does he get it out? Do they actually have sex? I don't know. Like, it's, I don't it's think so. Tell. It's, yeah, I, it's kind of. I also, lean so, towards but... no. I also lean towards no because because initially the way that interaction goes is that like you get the idea initially that she's like well okay let's try again and then it changes because she realizes she's got to go talk to her husband but even then you kind of think like maybe there's a chance they're going to go do it again and I think if he got it in that wouldn't be the case yes um, and like no yeah. that's a hundred percent the case that's a hundred percent the case because I mean, it's it, it really is. It really is like, and and I don't know. Maybe this is just me grasping at straws, but like yeah. it 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 helps that they then go out to the car because mm-hmm. it's literally a game of chicken. Like yeah. it's literally just like like they're the last two there, and she's like, okay, well, like I'll pull the keys, and that'll be the end of it. Because he's not going to want to go past the keys. And then she pulls mm-hmm. the keys. Yeah, and um, and then he's like, "Well, you know, like we could make the best of it." And she's like, "No, and no, we couldn't." It's like, okay, well, like maybe we could make the best of it. Like, well, maybe let's go out to the car. And then they go out to the car, and then it's like, you know, it's like it's like neither of them wants this. They just don't want to be the one who says no. 
they and it just I, I God, I wish I should have written down exactly what he says because it's like they don't want to say no, they don't want to say no, and they both have this like we because they at this point they know that their spouses have cheated on each on them with the other each spouse. other and they don't want to say no and they both had i think that, that oh god the walk out to the car that entire scene is played so fucking well because they both sell the idea of like i don't really want to do this but i kind of feel as though i should like every every bit of like one we are the last two people at the key party and also it feels like we should you know fuck each other because like fuck our spouses what you know they're you know doing this bad thing we got to do it to each other but they so truly in their souls do not really have that much attraction for one another and don't actually want to do it until and it's the thing about this movie it's the thing we were saying about how human sexuality is just kind of weird and gross is they get to the car and it starts to happen and then it just escalates like it just for a brief second it is very fluid and very natural and very forceful and then he comes immediately and the and like any bit of you know built up whatever the narrative that they have created here immediately just falls apart and i think he says like he says like this is so that was awful this is so gross like he says something about like i think he might have said i i think the words might be i was awful i think it was that was awful that was awful maybe yeah like and it just but i I, I do want to push back very quickly and said i never said that human sexuality is weird and gross Mm. i find this movie to be strangely really beautiful and it's it is it is it's very beautiful way and very like so i just want to push back on that but yes Yes, because we never we never said this movie is uh, we never said that human sexuality is weird and gross. We just talked about how this movie. Okay, okay, and is. I think this movie contains multitudes. I think it says it does. All it the does things. very much does. Um. Okay. Before we shift into the movie fully, can I just give a yeah. fun fact that I just read on Wikipedia really fast? What is that? Sure. Is this movie is in the Criterion Collection? Did you guys know that? Uh, explain, that wait, makes wait, wait, plenty wait, of sense. Wait. wait. I I have a feeling Carson is going to get his copy of it. I it's, I I'm I wish I would have known, and that's what I would have gotten in Barnes and Noble. There we go. Oh yes, I'm a, a I'm bit. A, I'm a Criterion bitch, so uh, that's. I'm that's holding up my for those of you listening at home. I am holding up my Criterion Collection Blu-ray of the Ice Storm. Oh, I just opened it. Look at that bonus features. We get the Blu-ray there. Got the little booklet. Does it come the with the Fantastic got a, Four comic? Who wrote the essay? It, who wrote the essay? Really uh, the essay is by Bill Cron. I don't know who that is. I don't either. But I still have not read the essay. I truly meant to read the essay before we recorded this, but you know, <laughs> uh, it's got an image of Nixon on the essay. That's important. Oh, because of the Nixon papers film. that came out yeah. when this yeah. film is when this film is being shot. <laughs> Yeah, uh huh. You got it. The history, right? One hundred percent, right there, Caroline. That was a joke. Come I on. I know. I know. Um, I do think that you could teach a college class and just. I mean, I said it. I don't know. Either this is the last episode, but like, you could teach a class and just be like, okay, uh, write for me a ten-page essay about like what Watergate means in the ice storm, or like. Write me a 10 page essay on like what the image of ice means in the ice storm. And like simultaneously, those things are both so blunt and obvious, but they're also so, so well utilized and so beautiful and such like such clear, clear metaphors that like fantastic. We love yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Okay. Now, do you want to talk about the plot? Do you want to? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you have something else you'd rather talk about? Do you want to jump to a different thing? Because like, no, I don't. We're I just think around. that like, yeah, I just think that we're this movie fun. is like really, 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 really 
lovely. Yeah. And like, I just think this film is doing a thing that films, many films purport to do, but very few actually do, which is like, just kind of tell you something that like, hey, like it is like this sometimes. And that sucks, but it's fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and uh, yes, I don't know. It- I think that if there is perhaps a thesis statement in this movie, it's that like the things that seem the strangest and the most bizarre and the most outside of the norm are the things which are the most human. Yes. You know, that's the whole like, I mean, that's the whole metaphor of the negative zone. Yes. You know, that's the whole thing. Um, All right. We did, I did do a poor job of programming this because this is a fucking Thanksgiving movie. This does take place over Thanksgiving. That's Okay. You know, it's whatever. It's we all just live for Thanksgiving, so we can. Yeah, we can, so it's fine. Yeah, I will say this movie is a little is maybe it does do a really good cap, job of capturing uh, the few days that happen after Thanksgiving, especially when you're like coming back home as an adult, where you're like, uh, okay, um, well, I got other stuff to do. I'm gonna head out. Like, love you guys. We see Katie Holmes in the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, I have a crush and a girl, and um, I guess the turkey's just still out. We're still just kind of carving away at it. That's great. I'm so happy you said that. That was something that I was like, what? what's going the on? The turkey this? just, like, sits out. I don't know. It's really weird. Um, but, yeah, so it's this movie over Thanksgiving. We're introduced to these two families. This is the bulk of the movies, the Hoods and the Carvers. Uh, it starts with this wonderful Tobey Maguire monologue that gets kept keeps getting returned to throughout the movie and him yeah where it starts and it's like if somebody told you like the story isn't for the faint of heart if somebody told you i was just a normal carefree guy not a care in the world (laughs) then somebody lied yeah this is uh this is my curse (laughs) (laughs) no that's the end that's the end my dad uh my dad banging the neighbor's wife is is my curse um (laughs) truly though in this movie okay this is we're going on the tugboat already we're going on the tugboat tangent this movie does seem like a really good his character in this movie does seem like a great dry run at peter parker it's the exact oh, same 100%. it's the exact same performance 100 yeah. yeah the even early got the scene, spider-man three hair going on he does that's a little true bit. it's a better version of it but he does like Correct. but like the the post when he like develops his develops the crush in katie holmes and he walks out and he's like the idiot the idiot yeah that whole interaction i'm like that is the most peter parker ass shit I've and just how seen. like how earnestly he's like you should watch it like yeah. you should read it like i read it and i loved it and just yeah. like waits for her to respond as if just like enthusiasm will just, come like, fun facts is all that like is required in a social which like i mean hey i mean we run a podcast like maybe maybe we're a little bit biased but just like i would love it if somebody came up to me and was just like here's something i think you might like because i liked it it's like yeah okay. here's a here's a book that i think you would find to be interesting um yeah but like so we get all the early toby stuff it's that it, it wraps around later obviously you know it's one of those like the beginning of the movie is the end of the movie but it's really elegant in terms of you don't know that but it's we're just setting to you know we're setting tone we're setting mood it's so good he's on the train i love a train um, and then we're into the relationship between these two families. The thing that is at the center of this is the the father of the hood of the hood family is having an affair with the mother of the Carver family. You got Kevin Klein. You got Sigaruni. Yes, they're going Ugh. at it. I I love that you don't know when it starts. I love that there is no great pomp and circumstance around the beginning of it. It does not feel as much as it is something that is going to kind of tear these two families apart. In a little, in 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 a, in a, in some term of speaking, like it's not torrid, it is not hot, it is not, it does not feel 
illicit when you're first introduced to it. Like that initial scene of them having the fair is so dry. Yeah, it feels very, um, it feels very bland already. Yeah, yeah, she, he's talking about his job and she has, you know, whatever it is, the great Sigourney wife or line where she's like, oh, I already have a husband. Let's just, I yes, I don't need another. Let's just keep it to the, you know, yeah. let's keep it to the fucking parts. And he's like, you're right. You're right. Yeah, correct. Um, you get the setup with that. You get the setup with, and then you have this like basically mirror relationship that is going on where Elijah Wood and Christina Ricci are at the age where they are hanging out a lot together and they are discovering their sexuality with one another. Right. Yeah. And I, I love that again, it's this great, like the scene where she sees him on the football field. And it's something that Christina Ricci sells so well is that like, she has that one talk with like the peers or school where she's like, she's like slut shaming some other girl that goes to high school with them. Like she's saying something about like, oh yeah, one of the other girls like was having oral sex with a boy. And is like making everybody laugh with it. And then she has this weird look at Elijah Wood as he drops a ball and it's very awkward. It fumbles. Like, that's kind of all you need to know about her character is that she she comes off as like so self-aware, but also so young and innocent at the same time. And it is a truly amazing feat of acting. It's the negative zone. It's the negative zone. It's every character in this movie is in the negative zone. That's another thing. You could do like 15 page paper about like what the negative zone means and how every character's in it. But like, may, may I, since you brought up the negative zone, you both, yeah. so I was the last of the three of us to watch this for this episode. Yeah, yeah. You two kept talking about the negative zone and I really thought there was going to be a moment where we shifted and went to this like, <laughs> like big void thing and all the characters were like figure. I, I didn't realize it was a metaphor. Like I thought we were literally really going to jump oh no it's just that this entire movie takes place no it's just it's just these spaces you're not really meant to be in yeah it's just you're in these spaces that like everybody says like you're not supposed to go there but like also they're very fucking natural and normal and just part of the world and like the only reason we're not supposed to go there is because we say like don't fucking go there and it's like it's fine and you're drawn to that like inexplicably like you must go there you yeah. you both have an intense desire to go there and also a strange repulsion as soon as you get there. And also going there is the most like insane, taboo, foreign, uncomfortable thing you'd ever do. And also just like, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Like just fuck somebody. Okay. Like it's fine. Somebody. It's fine. It's fine. It's going to ruin wait. your marriage. And it's going to be the biggest thing that's ever happened in your life, but it's, it's fine. It's also fine. Yeah. Yeah, I might go feral when the MCU does the negative stuff. Uh, it's going to be a really lovely melting of my worlds. We'll have the <laughs> two of you heard me say many a time that I think the only director I want to make a Fantastic Four movie is Ang Lee. Ah, uh, yeah. Because, oh, but because, I do it. Yeah, because like this movie, it's a joke I make a lot is that this movie is the best Fantastic Four movie, but like it's true. Like it's clear, yeah. like that is like the base literary metaphor he's using to, you know, describe what's going on with these characters and it proves that he does actually know what is interesting about the fantastic four and about their family dynamic and he did make the best hulk movie already so that is true there's only two of them but uh head and shoulders i need to watch there's three no one blue frig no one one? yeah the like oh there's a frigno movie the frigno yeah it's like a tv movie it's like fine i've only watched like half of it but okay yeah but okay so this movie yeah it rules super hard so good it's very devastating. Mm. Sigourney is nothing but goals. She has done nothing wrong. <laughs> Sigourney did nothing wrong. I mean, she's done a lot of stuff that's kind of questionable, but but she's so pretty. 
She is. Everything she wears is flawless. She's so powerful. Is it the hottest anyone's ever been in a movie? I don't think so, but it's up there. I don't think so either, but it's pretty close. It's up there. Yeah, I don't know if I like would throw all my chips behind that, but like it's a thought that I had watching the movie. I don't think that there's anything funnier in a movie than her saying, I need to go get something and then leaving the house entirely. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's and then coming back later and it being like, what the fuck? Or being like, ah, I don't know. Her, her doing her doing the new age hippie mom thing of just like, son, <sighs> like, son, sometimes <laughs> like like your body is your temple, but also mm-hmm. it's going to betray you. And so that's why sometimes you send like young men in indigenous cultures out into the woods until they can survive for themselves. Do you understand? And it's just like, no, no. Like well, she's saying this to just like a fucking 12 year old girl. And it's like, do you understand why you shouldn't be like touching my son? Because like, I haven't sent him out into the world to become a man yet. And it's just like this very well-meaning like, oh, I'm not going to shame this person. Yeah, but I'm not a shameless person. Like she's young, she's like coming into like her 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 womanhood. Like she's like learning, as is my son. Yeah, but I don't even know what any of this means, and I haven't figured any of this out, and I'm still like struggling with this. But like I'm not my parents, goddamn it! Like I'm not yeah. my mom, so like I'm gonna do it with like this new age, sixties, seventies hippie thing, and it just doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. And it doesn't well, it's, mean anything. It's too. I mean, <laughs> that was the moment in this movie when I just cackled. Yeah. That and um, I'm just thinking about it. But what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And it's and it's so sad. It's, it's so, so sad. sad. And it's like so true, but it's so fucking funny. But it is like it's very true. Like yeah, of course he's so freaked out by everything going on. Okay, this is I'll, I'll say two other big like trends about this movie that I enjoy, which is that like one obviously one of the big like a, a big motif of this movie is like role reversal. Obviously, specifically when you talk about the adults and the kids, and it's about like the kids having to deal with things that are very mature and the adults acting in ways that are very adolescent. And then also that that carries into, I think that every single one of these characters, both in terms of the way that they're played, I think all the performances are really, really strong in this movie, but also just the way that they're written, that it would be very easily easy for a lot of these characters to fall into archetype or into stereotype. And in some ways they do, they, they do fulfill those archetypes. Like certainly Sigourney is a bit of a, you know, ice queen, you know, kind of like sex pot in some ways. But the fact that she is put up against situations like, oh, you see your kid having sex with uh, Christina Ricci. And that's the thing that she says. And she gets put back on her heels by that. She is not some, you know, completely unemotional, you know, unfeeling sex robot. Yeah. Like every single character has a level of depth to them that like. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's the thing is, is I think, I think you hit on it. It, it, All of these characters are archetypes, but none of them are stereotypes. Sure. Because that's the thing is like later, like if she were the, if she were the like, purely ice queen like i'm only in this for like my own enjoyment like i like i enjoy torturing men kind of a Mm -hmm. thing like it would be that thing where like when a different guy draws her keys and fucking uh what's his face gets all gets all pissy about it and like embarrasses himself like she would smirk and be mm-hmm. like, this is exactly what I want. Like what I wanted to do was cuck this guy and like humiliate this like small dick beta cuck. And uh, what she's really doing <laughs> is she is being 
a grown ass woman in a scenario when she wants to have sex with a person and somebody else embarrasses himself because he has expectations out of her and she goes what can i say but yikes and then she leaves with the guy yeah and like, like she doesn't get any pleasure out of it she no. just says like she says uh-oh sucks to suck and leaves yeah because it doesn't actually concern her because his expectations of her don't actually matter yeah and, it's and like, she is not existing solely to play and fuck with his expectations of her yeah and it, it builds into like one of the things that this movie has to say about like i mean uh, you know I, I alluded to it earlier but like clearly setting this movie when it is set in the mid one over thanksgiving which is like this time of fam familial reunification and also like specifically during watergate like this time when it feels like you know, post-World War II, we have really established, like, what the nuclear family is in America. Like, there is this conservative ideal of what a family in the middle class is. And Watergate is the first instance of, like, a person who represents that thing. And, like, the person who is at the, like, at the head of society, somebody who should represent, like, society being led benevolently and being led on the correct track. And that person is a fraud and is a crook and actually is hollow and full of nothing. And like, that's what this movie is about. It's about like the American nuclear family, all these people coming to realize at the same time that like, wait a second, all of these roles that we're in, they don't actually mean anything if we decide one day that they don't. Like if, if, if I decide that being a wife means nothing, that I guess it doesn't actually mean anything. If I decide that like, I don't actually have to do the things that society says I need to do as a husband, it doesn't mean anything. Like, and it's, it's about the tensions in those relationships and like watching them crack apart like ice. Like fucking, I mean, that's the obvious metaphor there. For the middle part of the movie but like yeah and like you can't get that if if Sigourney I, I don't know I think it's interesting that like my read on Sigourney by the end of the movie is that like the stereotype version of the character I agree with you Caroline would be very cruel but would also I think would belie a level of self-awareness and a level of like a level of knowledge of the situation that she does not have like her fucking that boy does not come across as her I mean there's like a moment where you're kind of like empathetic with Kevin Klein and you're seeing it from his perspective and being like oh no I'm getting like you know fucked over by this young kid but then ultimately you're just like Look, she just wants to have sex with this guy like she doesn't know any better than any of the rest of us she's just kind of dealing with life as it comes and that's what we're all yeah. doing you know like yeah and and it helps too that like i don't know like you have you have the sigourney character and you have like the joan allen character yeah. and the joan allen is the like the perfect housewife like aging gracefully like very beautiful like not clinging on to this youth being like i'm a mother to my children i'm a wife to my husband i am like this like you know, my, my, my house is great. Like I, I, all, all that stuff. And then you have Sigourney who, um, is one of my all-time favorite people on the planet. She's about to play Jake and Terry's 15 year old daughter. She can do so no weird. wrong. So excited. There is nothing, there's nothing this woman can do wrong. She's perfect in this film, but like her character is like, and again, through no fault of her fucking own. Like, this is not a bad thing. She's hip and she's trendy and she's hot and she's sexy. And even though she's their age and she also has like 13 and like 16 year old kids, even though she is like their same age, like she's fucking hip to it. Like she's, she's cool. And like, yeah. maybe she looks a little like aged for like the trend she's following, but like, that's okay. 
And it's just that thing of like, you're, you're like, if you are Kevin Klein, if you are just like the person who's trying to grapple with like, well, what's the right way to do either of these things? Yeah. It's like, well, they're both right until you don't want it. Like, it's like, it's like your wife is perfect and she has done nothing wrong and she has done the best, like, like, and she is, she has been perfect and there is no reason you should be even for a second unhappy with this woman. And yet- Sleeping with the same person every time forever uh, probably gets a little bit boring. And uh, wouldn't it be fun to do literally anything else? And like, here's this cool woman who is your peer, you know, who is like beautiful and hip and trendy and with it and like worldly and like knows about like, I don't know, like indigenous rites of passage when it comes to sexuality. (laughs) And then as soon as she fucks you over, it's like, well, God damn it. And it's like, none of these people know what they're doing. And none of these people know what they want. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, Caroline, is you're forgetting one... And I think that's all completely correct. But you're also forgetting one very crucial thing about Sigourney Weaver's character was that is that she seems so fucking sad all the time. Well, everybody in this movie is sad. So, I don't I think mean, I'm forgetting yeah. that. I'm just yeah, saying, but I, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Exp- I'm not trying to like take a side or anything here. I'm just saying that like every everyone is. I agree, but sad I think all the time. Everyone's sad all the time. And everyone's wrong, and nobody knows and what's happening. What this movie is about, but also I do think that there's something to Sigourney's performance. <laughs> Where she, like, there is so little happiness in anything that she's doing Correct. that I think is really no, I agree. Like, there is, yeah. Like, I, no, she I, agree. Is, I, I, think, I, I wholeheartedly Even agree. more than anybody, any other character in this movie, and every character, it's a very melancholy film for the most part. But, like, I think even more than every other performance in this film, like. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't, don't know if I agree with that. I say melancholy. I say melancholy because to me, melancholy means belying a great meaningful sadness but in that sadness there is an incredible meaningful beauty you know i i don't know if i agree with okay that. I just, all right all right i just feel like i feel like if you look at the four if you look at jamie sheridan if you look mm-hmm. at kevin klein if you look at joan allen i think they're all in some ways have one foot in like i am exactly what i'm supposed to be in this date in this time in this era and i have one foot in this camp of like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing and I think all four of them are really sad in their own way. I agree. And I don't. I don't think Sigourney is any sadder than any of those other oh, three. I think her. I think her, there's a. I think there's there's something behind her eyes that like speaks to. I, I think it gives her an incredible depth, in my opinion. But like that really speaks to. Well, and I think it's that like. I think honestly, in my opinion, it goes a long way towards letting you empathize with the character because there are very few scenes in which you are seeing things from her perspective in which you're kind of like inside her i mean and it's the movie's a little bit more from the perspective of the hoods than it is the carvers obviously like Uh they are the family that is outside but like i think that it would be very easy to accidentally make a performance and make a movie in which she does come off as the bad guy because she is so flippantly not just you know, seems to have like no real trouble cheating on her husband, but also is like going with this young kid rather than uh, uh, rather than Kevin Klein. But I think given that there's something about her that is so melancholy, you you understand that like 
well, no, there's a need there. It's not just that she's being callous. It's that she's trying to find her way through this, which is what I think all the characters are doing. But I think that her performance really, really speaks to that thing. I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like so much of this film is about like is not putting is not putting anything on any of these people more than it's doing to anyone else. And I think that's kind yeah. of the beauty of it. I agree. I'm just saying I think Sigourney's performance is a very particular bit of that. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay. 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 I mean, she's great. I fucking love Sigourney. She's my goat. She's my MVP. It's so good. She's like, so good. I, my MVP in this movie is Richie. I think that her performance is really. I think I. Agree I think really we kind of got a split. I think we kind of got a split. The kids uh, and the generations. adults. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you from the kids. I'll give you Richie. But I I'll give you Richie as the kids. But I think Richie's crazy good. I think that. I mean, very similarly. I think that like that is such an odd character to play. Like. Again, I it's I, I keep thinking of the alternative. I think keep thinking of a different movie where a teen like a young a young teenage girl like says like I'll show you mine if you show me yours to a younger kid of a boy that she is involved with. And I think that there's like one of two ways of taking that that most movies do. And I think it's either that it like comes off as lightly abusive or it's like an American pie thing and it's just like a silly goofy fun time sex romp. And the fact that like in the midst of that, Richie says that, and it feels really like, clearly she is excited by that, and she is discovering something through that, but also like, it's not just some throwaway thing, like she's not trying to hurt anyone, she's just yeah. going with instinct, and I, I don't know, I think her selling stuff like that throughout this entire movie, I think is like really incredible and really singular. Right. And I can't think, I cannot think of another, especially a young adult or like child actor now or then that could quite pull off that character. It feels really singular to me. Like it, it no, I, I mean, it's, it's an obvious comparison, but like it's that kind of like worldliness that lets her play, like play Wednesday Adams, like her whole, like I am a person in a child body, but who knows better than all the adults around me. But also in this movie, she gets to just be an innocent child, too. She gets to, you know, act in these ways and say all these things, but still is able to play a, a kid who really, truly does not know any better. Yeah, no. And I mean, like, I think I I, I, I think part of it is like, yes, Richie is like selling the shit out of it. But I think, too, yeah. that like a big part of it is films. Uh, I mean, the reason why you've never seen this before is because no other film is like interested in doing this. Yeah. Like, I feel like so many, because you, you bring up the examples of like, okay, like it might come off as like kind of like predatory or abusive, or it might come off as like a fun teenage sex romp. Mm -hmm. Because like both of those films are trying to like tell you what this interaction means and yeah. are, are trying to, are, and have a thesis about it where like the whole point of this movie is like from fucking day one, we don't know what we're doing. And like, that's fine. And like, that's the thing that like we don't talk about is like, you know, cause I mean, you even say like, and like no actual shade at you, but you're like, you're like, yeah, Oh, yeah. like she's, cause she's involved with the older brother. She's involved with all this. What? Like, she's not involved with anybody. She's a kid. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Like, it's very she, true. It's very true. She, like did the, she did the same thing with another person. And that other person happened to be a year or two older than her and happened to be this kid's brother yeah because those are the people that she's around and she is just like and like i don't know i find the scene of the two of them like in like when they are like let's like do you want to like get in your parents bed it's like do you mm -hmm. want to get in, like do you want to get in your bed and i'm just like no i don't want to get in my bed but like let's go get in my parents bed yeah and they do and they take their clothes off and it's funny and there's no like it's 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 really like a really lovely little moment because it's just like there's not a weird like and then like 
they fucking I'm like I'm not even gonna like make a bit out of it because it's like gross because they're like yeah, literal kids. kids. Yeah, no, but, but I get like what you're you saying. know, even though this movie was shot before I like could form sentences, you know, like like it's it's that thing of like and then they go and get in the bed and it is as it is as beautiful and important and like as like foundational to what these who these people are going to grow up into as like one of like anybody's first sexual experiences and it's also so innocent because it's just like well we took off our clothes and we got in bed yeah yeah because that's what you do when you're an adult right like you you get in bed you get under the covers and you giggle and then like i kiss you on the cheek and then like you say i love you and that's kind of weird but like we haven't been taught to be we haven't been shamed for any of this stuff yet so like it's cool It's the most perfect microcosm of the film because it's it's all of that. It's all of that sort of innocent, awkward beauty. And it's also the case that like they're in the bed where their parents cheated on their parents in. And they're yes. drinking they're drinking the vodka that like Sigourney Weaver is is kind of like, you know, letting him have because it's kind of keeping him docile every time they're doing it. And it is. And it, it just it elucidates those differences. It, it makes you kind of think about oh, well, here are two people that are having this like outside of the norm sexual experience with each other. And there's a lot of expectation and there's a lot of social norm breakage around. And there's a lot of like years and years and years of like adult socialization built up between these two people that they either have to actively choose to break or that they are just leaning into as compared to these two pure beings that are just kind of acting on instinct and like doing a thing that is Nice. Well, acting on instinct, but also just like, but also role playing the things yeah, they've seen. Also role playing, yes, yes, the things they've seen, and but the, but like the good things about the things they've seen. They're taking all the good stuff out of it, which is like no, correct. No, I agree, you know? and it's and it's really, really, really beautiful. And like, this is such, this is the weirdest comparison of the universe to make. But like, I can't wait. The other day, I was cleaning my kitchen, and okay. I just needed some noise. Right, I was a little stressed out, and I needed some noise. And I had just yelled at a man on Hinge God, about so the film Jennifer's Body because he do. said something very stupid. Was it me? No, so no, <laughs> no, I yelled at you on our podcast. True, true. No, I didn't. We had a we had a very we had a we very did, we did. polite, uh, nice, wonderful, friendly discussion about that. Film. I like that movie now in retrospect after talking about it. No, but yell. it was fair. It's I don't know, but um, but so I put on our episode and we talked about just like it's so refreshing to see like. The incredibly awkward, like, like first sex scene between Amanda Seyfried and Young Neil in that mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just like, it's awkward and it's bad, but like, like they don't know any better. And like, yeah. who are we to sit here and shame them? They're just kids. And like, I don't know. I just really like that about this film. It captures an innocence and it's like, and it's maybe an innocence that like, I don't know. Um, maybe now living in the information age because like this is a film directed by Ang Lee in the 90s yeah Yeah. that maybe like i don't know i don't necessarily believe that like technology is ruining us and technology is like like killing us and like whatever blah 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 blah. but it is that thing of just like you know like we grew up in an age where if you had a question about sex when you were 10 years old you could google it yeah and like yeah i don't know like this film is capturing like a beauty of just like damn i kind of wish that like you know i kind of wish that when i was 16 years old i didn't have all of these expectations built up and yeah. i'm sure that like because these kids went to high school i'm sure that they got stuff handed down from the seniors in high school and they were freshmen that like they you know i'm yeah. sure it's nothing different i'm sure it's just different ways to arrive at the same end that's but just like yeah sorry go on it go is on. But it's just, it's just very nice to watch this moment and like, kind of be like, 
I don't know, like it's really lovely to see this absolute moment of absolute innocence before everything, like, I don't know, before society creeps in, like gets his little fingers in and like. Before Elijah Wood dies. Before Elijah Wood dies. Before the innocent, I mean, like, look, before like the idea of, of death is introduced, like in an almost fucking religious way, you know, before like they see their nakedness in the Garden of Eden and they're cast out and now death is real, like. You know, oh, no, yes. it's 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 a fucking it's yes. such a good fucking goddamn movie. I mean, and it, it is truly like I mean, I, it, probably the one of the reasons in the Criterion Collection, and also it's it's one of those movies that comes out at the perfect time and is about a perfect time in history. Like I, I said it before, but like setting this in the seventies, setting this in the midst of Watergate is like such a clear, you know, su- such like a clear metaphor and like such a clear thematic choice. But also, you think about this coming out in 1995, or 97, rather, and it is right as the internet is starting. You can make that connection, I think, immediately, that, like, it is before information is so freely available that, you know, I, I do think that we have kind of lost a small bit of that kind of heard it through the grapevine, passing things down from generation to generation bit of, especially information like things about sex, things that are licit, things that are not taught in schools. And also, this is fucking, what, a year and a half? before Clinton gets impeached. Um, like it, yeah, uh, yeah. Like it, yeah. it is once again, like it's coming out right as we're now reaching another zenith of the guy that we all agreed is going to be the one who is like the, the representation of like the unifying force of the country. You know, the patriarch of the family of America turns out that like- has some weird sex the, stuff going has on. some weird sex stuff. Like maybe he's not one of the best guys actually, you know? Like, I don't know. It, it is one of those films that I think you can just kind of attack from every single angle and like all of its themes and all of its motifs are just so well utilized and you can really fucking examine them, you know, in a in an artistic and in a literary sense from every angle. And they, and they work and they're consistent. And every character has something that is interesting about them that is a little bit, a little bit deeper than what you might expect initially looking at them. Um, we do need to talk about, we got, we got to talk about the, the tugboat side plot it is weird that toby mcguire i i like the choice of toby is the narrator of the film and also his plot is basically the one that's so far removed yeah it's an ensemble film it's really hard to say like oh this is the plot that's happening in the film it's kind of really split between the kids and the adults and the two families but then you also have this like third plot you have like you know the sort of innocent children who are just beginning to find adolescence and just beginning to find sexual maturity in adulthood and the adults who are grappling with their own adulthood and like grappling with the idea of family and and uh monogamy and and in some ways returning to their own adolescence and then you have toby who's in the middle who's like dead ass in the midst of his adolescence and just barely coming into his adulthood who's like you know whatever he's 16 or 17 years old and and i don't know it's it's such a it's such an interesting as much as these two stories are juxtapositions of one another like the the tugboat thing in the middle is also another it's a juxtaposition from the two juxtapositions you know yes and i love it I think it's so cool. It's also the the closest this movie comes to becoming like a funny American Pie sex romp. And even then, it's like really serious and weird and, and kind of sad, you know? Yeah, when no. When and... head falls into his crotch, I just went, no, 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 no. Because I was it's really like, 100% sure what direction we were going to take at that moment. 
It's funny, no, yes. and then you're scared, and then you're sad. It's like it's all yes, three, no, like I bam, agree. bam, bam. Like, see, I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come at you with a different thing. Okay, is uh, my take on it was well, like when when she goes down, I was like, I was like, oh no, like mm-hmm. oh no, poor baby, like poor mm-hmm. baby to both of them. And then like a tugboat starts looking around, and I go, no, what are you gonna mm-hmm. do, Toby, 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 and then he starts trying to pick her up and like doesn't know what to do with her and then i start hackling because yeah. i'm like i'm like this is gonna turn is this about to turn into like a three stooges bit like is this about to turn into like a slapstick routine of just like like i have this person and i want to take care of her and i don't know where i'm supposed to like put her mm-hmm. um but yes no well and that brings me to the thing that i carson i think you actually uh, passively kind of elucidated some stuff for me about the whole elijah wood dying thing but yeah. like it's something that like i wanted to um like bring up is like because the whole thing with like the katie holmes and toby thing yeah and like there was the whole thing with the drugs uh and the person I was watching this with the entire time we were watching it, um, every time something would like kind of like awkward would happen that would lead to a situation where it's like, oh no, like mm-hmm. always breaking up the drugs. Like, oh no, like Elijah's jumping on the on the on the sink. Oh no. Like uh you know, like oh they're no, eating Katie candy. Holmes, they're eating candy in the yeah. TV room. Yeah, like Katie Holmes's head went down, like, and she's passed out, and Toby's there. Like, oh no, like what horrible fucking thing is gonna happen? And the entire time I'm like, I don't think this is that kind of movie. Like, I think this is a kind of movie where something incredibly awkward happens, and then you just kind of have to deal with like, well, I didn't get what I wanted. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. And that kept happening. That kept happening. That kept happening. So like Elijah's doing his thing. And then the power cable comes down. And they're just like, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Like Elijah's gonna die. I'm like, no, no, we've we've gone through this 10 times. Like, I don't think this is that kind of a movie. Yeah. And then Elijah dies. Yeah. And the entire time that like Kevin Clyde after Kevin Clyde finds him, it's breaking home. Just like I'm just like, I don't think he's gotta be alive. He's gotta be alive. Because this isn't that thing. And then like he's dead. Yeah. And I mean, I think I think the thing you brought up, Carson, was just like the whole religious thing with like the whole like you didn't know your nakedness and now death has been introduced. I'm like, oh, shit, that just that just everything just clicked for me there. Yeah. Klein brings him in and it's a Pieta. Like it's a. Yes. Yeah. And like, yes, it's you didn't know your nakedness. And then as soon as Klein bring really as soon as he dies, but as soon as Klein brings him into the building, I mean, it's really specific that like this is the time in which. One, Sigourney finds the two kids sleeping and and actively decides not to wake them. And actively decides, like, this yeah. is fine. This is fine. We're going to let this happen because, like, they're experiencing something that they're never going to get back again. Like, they're, they're living in an innocence that, like, as soon as they wake up, one, because it's like, hey, that's childhood, baby. Like, you're never going to find your childhood innocence again. You're never going to find this level of sexual innocence again. And also, as soon as they wake up, his brother is dead and everything has changed. Everything about their life is is different now. And all the characters together and every bit of their own little like stupid interpersonal conflict is revealed as just that. It's stupid and it's and it's mild and it is not nearly at the level of importance as one of the kids has died. And it's yeah. it's this it's this equalizer. It just it takes everything out and I love the like I am so in love with the fact that there is no scene of like fucking reconciliation or there's no like any of these characters need to talk about what has happened after that happens. It's just, it's happened. Everything is different. 
we were going through a liminal space. We were in the negative zone. And now we're on the other side of it. And the final moment, Toby comes back and he smiles at his parents. And finally, you understand the look that they gave him at the beginning of the fucking movie where you're like, why are they looking at him like that? And then by the end, you're like, holy shit, we're out of the negative zone. Everything has changed. And it's it's so good. I like this movie so much. It gets me so excited. It is a very good movie. And it was a great Uh, movie. And I feel like, I don't know. I guess you're right. I guess you're just kind of right. But just like, I I feel like all of his characters, or at least... At least the film was imparting to the audience all of that before Elijah died. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my thing. Is I'm just like, I don't know. I'm like, that's maybe like a hat on a hat. It's like, yeah. I feel like, I feel like, like, I feel like I got that. Yeah. I feel like I got all that. And I feel like if they just wake up and it was a, like literally like a one crazy night kind of movie. If this was a... The, yeah. the sad 90s version of the hangover. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, I do like, think just like, I feel like, I feel like I'm like, I don't know. I would have gotten that. I would have taken that lesson from that night. But now hearing you talk about it and kind of yeah. talking through it, I'm just like, son of a bitch. They yeah. probably would have like rationalized <laughs> it away in a weird way. It would have been uh, dumb if they ended it a different way. They probably would have hated each other in their yeah. own weird way. And like, yeah. son of a bitch. It's not what this movie's about. But they, uh, I do think, We've been doing, I think, a good job of a trend this season is we've been doing a pretty good job of setting up the uh, HHYNS, like, double and triple features. And I think that this and Eyes Wide Shut would be a fucking, like, oh, banger triple feature or double feature. It would would be six hours, but it'd be so good. There are two films that come out in the mid-90s about infidelity, about, like, one person having, like, a crazy day or two, like, you know. Have either um, of you not seen Eyes Wide Shut? No, we've both seen Eyes Wide Shut. I made Caroline watch Eyes Wide Shut on a previous incarnation of this podcast. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Dumb. yeah. You're, not dumb. You're not dumb. You're not dumb at all. Great film. I have not film. seen Eyes Wide Shut. So. Oh, well. Put it on the list. Maybe one day. Eyes Wide Shut's awesome. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, this movie's unspeakable. It's fucking funny. It's horrifying. It's beautiful. Makes me cry. Yeah, this movie is incredible. I love this fucking movie. James Sheridan, the him seeing Elijah and like him bending down and just like like checking him and then realizing that he's dead and then just kind of head goes down a little bit and it's like he doesn't make any sound, he doesn't scream, he doesn't tear his clothes. Fucking wrecks me. Just wrecks me. Just turns me into mush. Like it's horrible. Yep. Yeah. It is. Um. It is. It is the worst thing ever that could possibly happen. The death of a child. Uh, all right. Well, I want to give you both uh, 10 points because I like this movie 15% more than when we started this episode. I like this movie a lot. You like 147% oh, yeah. now? That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> That's wild, right? 132 to 147%. That shit's crazy. No, thank you. I appreciate that. That means yeah, that does mean a lot. That, that does mean a lot. It's really like yeah, of one of the jo- most joyous, just like, I'm just going to let them do their thing. It's just <laughs> a fucking joy to watch. It's what we do, baby. It's what we yeah. do. We say it all the time, but it's just like, it's just yeah. like, it's just like, this is literally what being friends with us is. This is yes, what we yes. do. Is this is, we've been drinking for a while. If there's any better representation of like Caroline <laughs> and Carson have been drinking for a couple of hours. And like there's a lull in the conversation and they just get to talk about stuff that's sad. <laughs> just like uh, I, I, uh, I did not look at the clock when we started this, but I, we're like maybe on like 75 minutes for the back half of this. And that's fucking of the course. purest distillation of your relationship I could think of. Of course, of course. Um, I can fuck with that. 
it's a, it's an it. amazing movie. It's a beautiful movie. I'm so glad we watched it. So good. Uh, I'm so glad we watched it, and I'm so glad that I watched it in this context because just yeah, like yeah. knowing that this was a favorite of Carson's and just being like, okay, like let's let's set the fuck like let let's go to town with this movie. Like let's yeah. really focus in on this and like yeah. I mean this this was incredible. I mean this is not up to. This is not in my letterbox talk 25 of all time yet because mm. it's my first time. And I feel like that's a little hasty. And I just watched it for the first time oh, last absolutely. night. But like, this is the kind of movie that like, I just, I feel like I watch it and it just like, even if it's only one or 2%, I feel like it's just shifted the way that like I view and understand movies and story. And I just, right. yeah, it's, it's incredible. So it's imprinted on the... If if I go back soul. to back seasons and give my best picture scene to the sad gay blue color uh, blue Directed color on leaf <laughs> film, I can't do it both years in a row. Well, I would say I this movie is not very blue collar. I would argue with you. I'm not that. blue color, blue color graded. Sure, sure, sure. I, I not I think blue that, color, yeah. blue color graded. This movie is a lot more about like wasps in upstate no, New correct. York. Like... Yes, yes, not blue color, blue color graded. Can we just, we said it in the fucking Brokeback episode. I want to talk very briefly about Ang Lee because we're at, whatever, 75 minutes. But like, fuck Yeah, it. who cares? Yeah, who gives it's a shit? It's jazz, baby. Yeah, but like Ang Lee, I mean, it's the exact same thing as Brokeback Mountain. It's like, it's incredible. Like this like older Taiwanese man has such a, a window into the souls of these like upstate New York wasps. And it's just because like yeah. Ang Lee is one of the most fucking empathetic, like humanistic filmmakers in the American canon, like my dude just like makes movies about people. And yeah, and it's just that thing hard. of like, yeah, and it's just it it very much has the vibe of just like of like he looks at these scripts and it's like okay, this person's acting this way. Yeah, and uh, there's probably there's probably a deep seated issue which like inspired them to act this way. That doesn't mean it's good. That doesn't mean it's bad. It's just like I mean, it's kind of even what I talk what I mentioned earlier when I was just talking about like other films about sex, it's like most of those films like have a take or have like a thesis and it's just like, well, here's why this happens. And yeah. Ang Lee kind of does the opposite of just like, why would this happen? Yeah. Like yeah, why would it, a it real happens. fucking person yeah. do this? And it's why like, would I, someone... I don't know, I guess you better find out. And it's yeah. like, it is, it is, it is deeply, deeply, deeply empathetic and just like, yeah. It's incredible. Ugh, what a I, lovely I want, film. What an amazing so film. I want Ang Lee to make the Fantastic Four movie because he's the only person that could. Also, I just like, I know that Ang Lee is- Christina Ricci this... is the Invisible Woman. Send tweets. You know, well, well, I mean, hey, look, you can do the fucking one-to-one of like these characters, of the, at least the hoods of the Fantastic Four. Because um, Kevin Klein, definitely Mr. Fantastic, 100%. He's, he's, that's the guy. Joan Allen is the Invisible Woman. Cause I'll take it. She's she's submissive. She's demure. She's the housewife. But then later she's like, oh, fuck you, you know, coming out. Um, I think it that doesn't. I think it falls it. apart when you try to do the thing in the human no, torch. No, I think Christina Ricci is the thing. That's the whole thing. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that like she is undergoing puberty and that's terrifying and the worst, especially when you're like a young woman. But she is like using, you know, humor and aggression to like get through it. And then Toby wires the Human Torch, and like any any ounce of like any ounce of hotheadedness he has is just immediately like doused by the real world. Like it's fantastic. Um, we did Boy. do 
Huh? You just said it's fantastic. So I said four. Yeah, four. That's yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I will say, I think on cast, we already texted about this, but if you got to tag yourself in this movie, I'm 100% Toby. 100%. I would like to believe, I would like to believe I'm Sigourney, but I'm probably Joan Allen. 100%. You're, drag me, drag me for a filth. We're at minute 80. It's fine. Molecules. No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying you're like dead ass in the middle of two of them because you're not as demure as, you're certainly not as like, demure as joe joan allen but you're also not as callous as sigourney can be wow that's very nice <laughs> that's yeah very nice <laughs> yeah you're the best part of the both you gotta i don't know i could see i could see you as a katie holmes there's a universe where you're like okay well she's 14 in this so well, no, maybe not, yeah, but... but like a later katie you know um i'll be rachel dawes toby's fucking six i'll get blown so up so. in after i get recast i would love that <laughs> <laughs> oh it's horrible um yeah this movie's good. This movie's really Can I good. do either of you have one more really good point left in you? Because I have like a pretty bad point, but I want to say it on mic. Um my best point is Corey, give me a bad point. I'll, I'll can I say one thing? Uh, yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Do y'all know that they should and this is just like dumb movie minutiae, but it needs to because every time somebody talks about the ice storm, you gotta talk about this. Do y'all know that they shot this in upstate New York during one of like the most unseasonably warm autumns that like <laughs> this town has ever seen? No, that's that. very funny. Yes. And so like all the ice in this movie is like movie magic. It's all like like that's glue incredible. and plastic and like and it's and I think it it's one well, of the actively incredible because this movie is one, beautiful and looks very looks cold. Icy as shit. Very cold. Two, I think it really does lend a one. Sometimes you look at a character's face and it's really shiny. And when you you think about it in an obvious way, it's like, oh, because they're sweating, but it works. And it's like and everything, all the ice looks like hyper real. You know, like it looks like so fucking real. You can't believe it. And yeah, it's so great. It's such it's incredible set design. It took them forever, I'm sure. Um, But yeah, Corey, go on. I'm done. Oh, I was going to have you make your good point after my bad point. Uh, Every time Francis, Francis, Tugboat's roommate. uh, I hate that guy. He sucks. Hate it with Katie Holmes. David Crumholtz. Fuck you, Bernard. Fuck you, Bernard. Yeah, that was my point. Every time he was on the screen, I was like, is that Bernard from the Santa Claus? It very much is. Dumb fucking elf boy. David Crumholtz, baby. David Crumholtz. Okay, other second half bad point. Have either of you seen the movie Finding Dory? No. I have not, no. There's a recurring bit through the entire thing, so... The whole thing is Nemo and the dad have to go find Dory. Um, and they go to the Sydney Aquatic Center. And every time they're at the Sydney Aquatic Center, there's a voiceover that goes, Hi, I'm Sigourney Weaver. And welcome to the Marine Life Institute, where we believe in rescue, rehabilitation, and release. And it's like voiced by, it's like a running joke throughout the entire movie. And any time we've talked about Sigourney Weaver on this episode, all I've thought about is, Hi. I'm Sigourney Weaver. I didn't Sigourney? realize that I need to retroactively so update my Oscar ballot from that year to be Sigourney Weaver for Best Supporting Actress in, in Finding Dory. Shit. So do without what you uh, I just had to say it on mic for the one other person listening to this who might uh, have also gotten that. I love that. I love Sigourney. Corey, have you seen Sorry. Alien Singular? I've not. I've not seen Alien, Aliens. (sighs) All right, I think we might have to make you do that over on Patreon. Yeah, that'd be a good Patreon is all the aliens. Because, Caroline, we watched Alien 3 together. We did. Do you remember the night we watched that? Because we watched Wonder Woman, uh, whatever, 74, and then... 1984, yeah. 1984. Yeah, we watched uh, Alien 3, and I got pretty drunk. And then we got an hour into Wonder Woman 1984, and I was absolutely blackout drunk. (laughs) 
Yeah, two two movies that are God. There's no movie that I, uh, perhaps no movie that I am more frustrated by it not being good than Alien Three. Alien Three is fine. It's fine. No, but it should be awesome. It should be incredible. Sure, it's like sure, it's sure. so fucking close. Like the ideas are so good. We should do Aliens. Let's do the Alien movies. Let's do at least the first three. Let's do all five. Who gets Let, to shit? Let's do the okay, first sure. four because I okay. I don't never like seen... Prometheus, and I okay, don't really yeah, yeah. don't like Covenant. Yeah, no, I agree. That is something that two of us are. We saw it together, and we walked out. We're like, bad covenant. But my no. thing is, my thing is, my my take, and this is so off topic at minute ninety of this fucking. If, if podcast, they're still here, they want it. If they didn't check true. out, that's true. Halfway through the fucking conversation about Kevin Klein doing a pieta, they're still here. Um, <laughs> my whole thing is everyone I love and respect mm-hmm. on the internet is like actually Prometheus and Covenant are good. Yeah. And as the most diehard, like Alien, Aliens, Alien 3 and Alien 4 are both fine. Yeah. Like as that bitch, I just, I just, I just, I just can't get through them. I find them to be so tedious and so yeah. obnoxious. And I love Ridley Scott too. Like that's my thing is I love the Alien films, the first four Alien films, and I love Ridley Scott. And Ridley Scott was like, hey, there were four Alien films. I only made the first one. I'm going to come back and do two more. Yeah. And I can't divorce. I can't divorce the like, no, Ridley Scott is just using this as a playground. And like, also, this is a sequel slash prequel to Alien. I can't divorce those things in my brain. I know like, if Ridley Scott's coming back, yeah. he should make the canonical motherfucking prequels to these things. And he's just uninterested in that. And that's no. fine. And I'm so happy for people who like them. I, but I just, too. I just, I just can't trick my brain into liking them. I have heard the alien covenant. People. I have heard the alien covenant is good. Like explanation many a time from people I respect online. I agree. If from people in real life will come up to me and be like, oh, no, that's a good one. And like a lot of it does come down at least the more like well thought out, you know, reasonings I ever heard is like, it's a lot of like, Oh, well look at the, th- like, look at the thematic things that like really Scott's dealing with. Like look at the character of David, like Fassbender's giving this fantastic performance. And like, I don't disagree with any of that, but like, I agree one, this does not really, so much of the movie is so fucking boring (laughs) and like, and like disjointed and unconnected from Prometheus and also the other alien movies. And also like, really already made a movie about like, what does being human mean? What does being an android mean? What is artificial intelligence about? It's called fucking Blade Runner and it's like the best movie ever. Yeah, and part of, a part of like, I literally just My showed- favorite movie, like, come on. Yes, I've and seen I it literally, before. I just showed Alien to a friend for the first time the other day. Yeah. And I was trying to go into it with like, okay, can, can I trick my brain? Can I just say, fuck it, let's watch this as a sequel to Alien Covenant? And like, my thing is every time I watch that movie, no, because the thing that is so important about Alien, about Alien specifically, is these random people are passing by this random place and this fucking giant corporate conglomerate is like, hey, okay, I have this idea and I know it's like probably really risky to the crew, but like we could stand to make a couple bucks if we like put all of their lives in jeopardy. you want you want to do that thing and they're like yes yes i do could we make of course a we do. yes and like when you take the alien covenant of it all it's like oh no actually this was like a multi-billion dollar operation like they would have just sent space marines yeah if they have this money like like so much they of the, uh, so much right of the, of the, of the horror have... of alien is that the evil is so banal 
Yeah. And it's so casual. Yeah. And so, like, when it's, like, actually, there's, like, a hundred years of history leading up to this. And actually, like, this corporation's the only reason this thing exists in the first place. And actually, 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 it's like, no, 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 no. Like, don't make excuses for capital. Like, they were doing a thing. They were doing one thing. And then they realized, hey, if we killed everybody trying to do a different thing, we could make some money. It's like, okay, yeah, we should probably do that, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, the only excuse. It's Twitter. It's Twitter. It's, It's like, if we sold ourselves (sighs) to the fascists, like, like, yeah, it's probably bad for everyone involved. But if we just sold ourselves, if we just sold our souls for fascism right now, you and me, we'd make a lot of money. Yeah. Like, we would make way more than, like, what we're currently doing is actually worth. Like, let's just do it. And then they do it. And it's bad for everyone. And everyone hates it. Not a single person likes it. It's fucking, like, you can make the argument. It's like, okay, well, David is a product of capital like he is you know it's just too many like, hats you're putting too many yeah, hats on many the hat. it's too many layers it's like no it's yeah i agree it's it's like this was simple and like you can make it one step more complex but what alien covenant does is is pre you know presuppose that we're gonna make it five steps more complex and it's like now nah, the metaphor doesn't need that it's about an alien like you are so right yeah like, that's the ice storm yeah, that's <laughs> an ice storm I was, I was four seconds from being like oh my god y'all it's ice storming outside my window right now <laughs> no Corey, tell the nice people where they can find yeah. us on the internet if you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Pod. Follow us on Letterboxd. Uh, our individual accounts, Carson is at Fun Movie Zone. Caroline is at CK Cinema, and I am at Corey Reagan. Uh, special thank you to our patrons. If you would like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. Next week. Next week, end of the season, uh, we got some special. It's Christmas special time. Bitties. It is Christmas time. We have some special days planned. But we're going one, we're going one, one more into the fray. And uh, I will say, I will say if next season, because, because we do these seasons in like five, six months. Yeah. If next season, we'll talk about this. We'll plan our season soon. If, 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 if I need to see no horror movies at all next season so that I can have all of Halloween next year, I will do that for you because I love you that much. Okay. We plan entire seasons in advance. I had such a good time. They've all been great. That's good. That's good. You want to know what we're doing next week? I do so badly. We are doing one of my favorite horror movies. One of my favorite Christmas movies. 1974's Black Christmas. The OG, baby. Ho, ho, ho. So, so we're doing that. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I have to say. You guys got anything? That's yeah. all, folks. Cool. Well, then I, I can will... keep. Hey, if you want to keep talking about the ice storm for another three hours, we can do that. I mean, I we easily could. Stop. I might just press stop record at some point. To yeah, make my life easier. But yeah. Uh, okay. What's that? Zoom.